Okay, let's go. Hello, world. I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast number 112. I think the tough part about this with the vision statement and developing it, if you don't have one, is you're going to step on toes. But if you are really marketing, dare I use the term marketing, your vision should be carrying you outside your church. This week's podcast is brought to you by Jeremy's Church Tech Devotional Rebuilding. This devotional can be done on your own or with an entire church tech team, week by week, day by day, however you like. This devotional is for church tech by church tech. Learn more about rebuilding on the Church Mag Press website at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. This week we dive into the subject of church vision, from communicating it to forming it for your church or church tech team. If you would like to join the conversation or share your own church or church tech team vision statement, use the hashtag CMAGCast on Twitter or email us at podcast at churchmag. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Chris Wilson said, asked that you do a Yorkshire accent, Phil. Mwah-ah-ah-ah, unquote. Sean asked that he wanted to hear your Washington, your Washingtonian accent, but you've already done a Washingtonian accent. Say that ten times fast. Yeah, we did the Washington, Washingtonian. Yeah, we did that one. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, we already did that one. So you're going to have to just dig to the archives to find that one, Sean. Sorry. Yeah. But not sorry. We didn't, we didn't, Jeez, we didn't even listen. Yeah, I don't, I, guys, I don't think we should have Sean on anymore. I don't think he really cares that much. Yeah, I know, right? And plus, I think he's still been out of shape about that whole clear. fill in mini trunks thing. Yeah. What? I don't, I don't think I finished it. The episode Did I wasn't on. Did you listen to the VR episode? I, it's at the I beginning. Did. I listened to a lot of it. I listened to a lot of it, but it felt really weird. I'm like, I'm trying to like, hey, Jeremy, what about this? Oh, wait. Well, when he brought up your name, it got really, really weird. So you might want to go back and listen to that episode. I may have blocked it all out, actually. And do it for multiple devices. That way we get more plays. But (laughs) Chris, more importantly, (laughs) he wants you to do a Yorkshire accent. I don't know. You know what? I I couldn't find. I did some research on this actually, listening to some um, some interviews with um, Sir Patrick Stewart, but I couldn't find anything directly from Yorkshire that I could be sure was authentic. But I will I will look into this more. My dog actually is a Yorkshire Terrier that that helps it all. So um, I will. Look so at, maybe you could do like a woof 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 woof. No, because she actually she's so stupid. She barks so much. She's just like her owner. She blew she blew out her barker. Like she barks when she barks. You know, it squeaks and it's hoarse. She's just like me and she you blew can out do her that? I guess. She's yep. I blew out my barker. She squeaks when she barks now. Like she barks and then you hear this. You hear like a, a a raspiness in her voice. She's blown out her voice just like I did twice. That sounds like something an, an old man would say. Yep, I blew out my barker. Yeah, probably. I've got some research in front of me here. I will work on this. Um, so you're saying that a, a, York, a Yorkshire accent sounds stupid? Because you just said that that's no, my dog is your stupid. dog sounded like. My dog is absolutely stupid. So, because a couple weeks ago, Sean Lacey said that leave it to you to offend every feminist out there. So now you've you've offended every Yorkshire accent speaker out there no my dog is stupid every every single british accent every accent from the british isles sounds sophisticated and intelligent Jeremy, can you help me twist the words That's the problem. Against Phil? honestly if we're, if, if we're, we're gonna get 
We're going to get letters from PETA. Get letters from PETA. If we're not careful, (laughs) I'm not eating my dog. I just think she's dumb. You're you're verbally abusing your dog Speaking right now. Speaking of food and no. eating, only when, only when she only when she piddles, piddles on the floor. That's why the, the S word is not allowed in this house, and you've called it that like six times now. <laughs> Jeremy, you got me, my dog. <laughs> if my son were to listen to this, he would say, oh, "Dad, he said stupid," and then he would get to say well, "stupid" like Eric, ten times. Change our explicit tag. Change our explicit tag exactly. in iTunes because I'm saying stupid now. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Welcome to the uh, Church Mag Podcast, everybody. This is how we roll. Um, Derailed in three minutes. Yeah, it didn't take very long. It's because this is the second record of the day. So that's usually how you can tell when you listen to a podcast. If we're very focused for the entire episode and there's not even anything left for the blooper reel, you know that we only recorded one that day and that was it. So just a little inside scoop there. What are we talking about today? Oh, Church Vision. Vision. Church vision, because sometimes you need them or you have them and don't follow them, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes you just need glasses. Sometimes. Frame it. <laughs> Bill's not going to talk to us anymore this podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh, guys. You, re- you realize, Phil, that if this was like a TV show, if this was like a TV show or whatever, and we had bobbleheads or stuffed animal replicas of, of ourself, which would be totally creepy, um, that yours would be the favorite. I, I don't... I think it might be the one burned in effigy most often, but yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of, we shift a lot of units. We didn't say why. I'm pretty sure I'd be on yeah, clearance. That's a fair point. Fair point. No, really, seriously, Phil, go ahead. Frame this thing, man. <laughs> it's all on you. Oh, it's all okay, on your sorry. shoulders. <laughs> anyway, we... um. I, th- I think what we need to do it, when you're looking at church vision and, and it's different in every context, but so I'll try to speak in generalities is first and foremost, you need to summarize every church's mission for your context. So every church should be all about the great commission. Okay. You know, going and making disciples that should be your, your, your or like as, as some translations would have it in your going. So as you live, make disciples, make it a natural part of who you are and a part of who your church is. So you need to summarize that for your church. In in my work at Open Church, um, I, I I gathered data on hundreds, possibly thousands, of of different churches and ministry websites. And what I have to say about the as far as the vision casting, when you're talking about the Great Commission, while I completely and wholeheartedly agree with that, you would not believe. Actually, you probably would. How many churches and ministries? Either A, basically say the same thing, or they use, or B, they use so many, so many flowery words, and it's so long, you don't even know what the heck they're talking about, or even what they're doing, or what their vision or their mission is, even, even in the city that they're at. It's just this like generic hodgepodge of flowery, uber spiritual language, and you're like, how is this a vision? Right, exactly. I, and that's why I think you need a summer. Like, have a vision statement, but have a summarizable version of that. You can you can use in the pulpit and use easily. And so for us, our, our, we say love. It's like lo- an elevator pitch. Exactly, exactly. We've got love God, love others. That's it. And like, so like we're, we're so slowly turning the ship because we, we, we've been in transition for about three or four years now. And so we'll be talking about how um, we're theming things with to the outside. We're saying to people, you are loved. 
and we're presenting our church as a church that focuses on loving God first through worship. And we've got four, four, four core values. So you, you know, we worship and then you, you grow in your faith, but then you love others. And so you, you serve and you connect with them. So that's, you know, that's how we divide it up. Four core values, two for love God, two for love others. And it's all tied around that idea. So that's how you, you organize it philosophically. But I think too, your vision then should translate into practicality and, and into the actual world around you. And so if like for our pastor came to uh, our church probably three years ago and said, guys, I want to solve a problem. I want there to be a moment in history in our community where, where folks used to say, well, we had a problem with this before, but then Cornerstone Church did. And then all of a sudden the problem's gone. And so we, we, he said, no, look, we, we, we probably can't solve a problem that never shows up again. We can't fix those kind of things, but we can definitely p- pool our resources and, you know, we can serve others in the name of God and tackle some systemic issues and actually bring about some change. And so, okay. So I guess, so I guess the first step as far as, uh, as far as church vision is the first thing you need to do is be able to is to write it out to to have a declarative this is our vision and if it feels a little long or you need kind of a elevator yeah. pitch bumper sticker version craft that along with it as well so that you can say within within a word you know what wh- what is the vision and, exactly. and then and, and then yeah and then what's next well, what do you do then then it translate it into practicality make it practical so so you've got you've got the spirit of it put that spirit you know, incarnate that spirit Okay, like I mean, not, not to be too theological about it, but so many churches are all spirit and no body. But human beings are both physical and spiritual. So take that, take that spirit. So for us, love God, love others. That's the spiritual side of it. Make it practical. So we're going to try and solve a problem. Here, here, here's an interesting. I, I just thought of this off the top of my head. Here's an interesting test that you can do whether or not your church has an effective church vision is randomly poll various people within your church and ask them, what is this church's vision? Oh, yeah. That's a scary question to ask, isn't it? Exactly. You know, if you ask staff or or even yourself, you may know because you're on staff or, you know, whatever. Or it might mean that your church is doing a great job. That's why I say poll and ask various people in your church, what is our church vision? What is it? And see what they say. For me, I, oh, that's a great idea. I think that that's like the perfect setup. I don't know how much that will actually happen um, because you get the new people, the not actually members. So you might want to curtail that a little bit. So right, don't exactly. Just like that's ask good. Anybody, that's good advice. Um, because maybe maybe part of your maybe part of your membership classes is that you memorize what the vision statement is. So it might already be there. But if but if you are if you are really marketing. Dare I use the term marketing? Really, it's just a form of communication. Repetitive. I mean, when you talk about the gospel, that 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 was they were actually using the the marketing uh, the, the marketing um, terminology of the day that was referred to as news back in the day when 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 the um, uh, when the epistles came yeah. out. Like that's what they called it. It was the gospel. Yeah. So they were actually using like the modern day yeah. word for marketing for that time and age. So when we say marketing, it's not like, oh, well, we're not selling yeah. anything. No, we're talking about the ability to present an idea and a concept to people beyond just words so that they can feel it, taste it, you know, really get their their head around it. So if you are marketing well, I think that, um, you know, it doesn't even have to be like a memorize this vision statement as part of a new membership class, but that, you know, while it's talked about, that it is seen in 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 and felt and marketed in every way yeah. possible. 
I mean, we all know the jingles to McDonald's commercials and stuff like that. Why? Because of good marketing. Right. And I think the church can do the same. Uh, yes. Agreed. I think that you need to have all that heavy nuance and deep thinking about it and the, the full on vision statement stuff that you can communicate from the pulpit at, you know, every year or every other year or doing a new member class to help people get understand the church identity from the inside. But as far as looking outside and your vision should be carrying you outside your church. Your, your vision should be simple and declarative to let people know we're focused on this. And, you know, you can simplify a mil- the, the Great Commission a million different ways. You really can. Well, yeah. Yeah, like and, and, like, and then, like when you did – Jeremy did – okay, just a sidebar real quick. Jeremy, you've had some experience with doing some of this um, as well, specifically for social media, but even in general being able to kind of put that vision statement out there, Yeah. 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 I mean, it was not only was it a vision statement of here's what we're going to be doing, but because it was the rebranding process, it was here's not what we're going to do. So it was probably three times the effort of let's undo it, let's redo it, and let's continuously remember that we're changing the sale. So I think that's important too. But um, it, it's one of those things where you are just constantly pushing here's the purpose of what's going on. For me, a vision statement. The, the theoretical model of it is it starts out with a target, both um, in purpose and in just expectation. And obviously, there's, as you had said, Phil, there's all the Christian stuff that goes with it, discipleship and worship and evangelism and everything. But what is that specific thing? And in that communication, you're going to have a target of where you're headed as far as that vision. And it could be a goal but most likely it's just a, here is the direction. This is our due north that we need to always keep in mind. And so in 20 years, you can go back to that vision statement and say, are we still holding true to this process? And, and so when you have people on board that are pushing back constantly saying, is this work? You already have a vision statement laid out of, this is what we said we were going to hold to. So why in the world are we deciding to do these other things and putting money and time behind those other things. Cause we have this vision statement. So I think it's very intentional and you need to have a lot of reason behind that vision statement initially. How, how specific Jeremy, do you think that the vision statement needs to be either, whether it be, you know, possibly a longer form vision and then a shorter version, no, no matter, no matter which you I'm referring in general, Okay, how specific <laughs> do you think a vision statement needs to be as far as that direction goes? I think it, I think at the onset and at, I think it, it's in waves. So there's, there's the times where it just needs to be there just for the sake of knowing it. And then there's the times where it's going to be your rudder and you need to have it perfectly lined up. So for me, I say schedule for worst case scenario of you need to just completely revamp your ministry because you're not following your vision statement. But at the same time, know that at times you're going to just be doing things well and you kind of let the vision statement just be hanging on the wall and you reference it occasionally. So I would say the more specific, the better. Um, With the idea of Youth for Christ, there's a lot of youth ministry organizations out there. And so what in the world are we adding to the conversation on youth ministry was basically our question. And what does our history say? What is our lineage? And what do we, what are we experts at in this process that we can do the most for the kingdom of God? I think that's all what plays into that process. So the more specific you get when you have a new senior pastor, when a whole new generation comes in, when all these different things are happening, 
The only thing that needs to stand is that vision statement, but hopefully your traditions and your actions lay into it as well. So what would you say has lent to the success of the vision statement in your church? As you, and, and I say success because I, I it feels to me like when you have laid out you know a, a, a broader vision all the way down to an elevator pitch phrase, bumper sticker, love God, love others, for that to then come full circle where the pastor's like, now what does this look like? I think that's a very powerful thing so that the actions, you know, all of that is matching. What do you think lent to that success? I think it was the simplicity of the formula. Love God, love others. Everyone can understand that means. Um, and so even when you unpack it in a sermon, it's simple. But really, think about how profound it is. Love God because he loves you and he's, he's loved you and you're unlovable. And love others like God, like God has loved you. And it's just, it, it it's a great commission. It's obvious. But so many people really... You don't focus on that. It's only churches focus on the holiness of God or the power of God. But but nowhere else in the Bible does it say God is, except it says God is love. And so the the the, the success is rooted in the profundity of the idea, the very truth that God is love. I think for us too, we've always been a church that's been quick to to help out and to give. It's just part of the DNA of this church, like long standing from like from from time immemorial. But I think what's helped is that by giving a, a guiding principle of loving God, loving others, and then saying, okay, now we're going to we're gonna funnel all of this this good-natured uh, serving others mentality into a single issue that will that will drive us forward. We're going to tackle this problem for a set period of time, and we're going to reevaluate, and then we're going to keep going, or we're going to add another problem. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be practical, and we're going to be um, – driven to handle uh, a particular problem for our community. Yeah, because I, I, I think that's been a huge part of the success. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. As you're saying, and I'm thinking about some of the vision statements that I read, and some of them were so broad and so wide, uh, and sometimes almost so obvious. It's like, well, of course you're about the Great Commission. You're a church. Right, right. Right? Be- because they you know, all these theological and flowery words that really didn't say anything. You know, it wasn't, you know, and maybe that's because we're a generation that um, grew up with slogans. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know exactly why that is, but to me, it just comes down to simple, clear communication. And while your church has a very uh, simplified vision statement, I think that that is just one example of many really good um, vision statements out there. I think your vision statement, though, needs to be broad, because let's say uh, it needs to be broad enough. Well, okay, okay, yeah, love God, love others. I mean, that is broad. That is broad. What I mean by broad is just, like, general, too general. Okay, yes. I mean, yes. You know, like, you know, obvious, you know, it's like um, a restaurant having the, the slogan of, you know, make make food. It's just yeah, we, your we, restaurant. We value food. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that I think. Yeah, I, I, I get your point And I agree. You have to have a, a, a broad base. From, you have to be practically working to funnel it down to points. So let's say um, you know you're you're part of the communications team, church tech team, whatever, and you're hearing this and you're like, "Wow, um, I, I think our church needs to work on this." You know, maybe we really need to do this. Like, how do you really go about that? Because when you start talking about a church's vision and pastors and leadership, that that all gets pretty hairy. Jeremy, do you have any insight on that? I mean, I, I know you you did stuff. Um, you know, you did this kind of stuff, but it was, it was with the ministry and you were given that that was your, uh, 
that was the task given to you, and even you had had a lot of pushback. Well, I think that it starts with not being married to different ideas. It, you need to realize that your church is going through a lot of changes, and so it sounds like a terrible sex ed conversation. Um, just the I, just this idea that you need to explore all options and to kind of just let things be and then slowly start to chip away at what's happening and, and where you think that things could go and then where you best could serve in that process. And so don't assume that it's already just going to happen this way because it might not happen, whatever that is. Um, but at the same time, um, I think that as much as we want it to be broad, um, it's going to have to exclude something. And so my church is not going to be the next Hillsong. The Hillsong is rocking it because they know their vision. They know what they want to do. And so if you are creative and you don't understand who Hillsong is, then they haven't done their job. But pretty much everybody knows who Hillsong is. So I think that plays into it as well. Phil, as somebody who was, you know, a pastor's pastor's son and now associate pastor at that same church, and I mean, clearly you've seen a lot of stuff over the years. From your point of view, I mean, what does that look like? How does that feel when, you know, somebody says, you know, hey, we need to we need to focus in our vision. How do you think a healthy, helpful approach to that might be without coming off? I mean, because I I, I know people are going to be defensive. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. How can you not be? Well, I mean, it, it helped for us. It came from the pastor. So the pastor said, you know, and he felt, I think it's where leadership needs to be, be prayerful enough to say, we need to, we need to think about this. We need to pray about this. And then we need to, we need to discuss this and see where God's leading us as a, as a, as a team. And then as a, as a church, it's hard to do it from the side. It really is. And that's where I think the the best step, the first step and the best step is to pray for your pastor. And then then go to the pastor and Kurt, you know, a lot of pastors are afraid to express their, their, what they think God's calling them because they don't want to risk the church. They don't want, see, for, for you, it's your church, it's your place of ministry, you, it's your, one of your, it's part of your family. For them, it's their job. Yeah, you know, you know, in a way, it's your pastor's an entrepreneur, right, and they and don't want know, to risk as, that. As I surveyed many different vision statements of churches and ministries, um, while a lot were generic and some were just downright awful, some were 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 um oh in they were inspirational and brilliant it was a real mixed bag and i would say that though the worst of the worst visions that somebody who um you know was was a clear communicator or maybe you know it, it wouldn't take a whole lot for somebody to look at that especially somebody who goes to the church and understands the real heart of the church and be able to take that what to me was a very generic and blah vision statement be able to to i guess kind of fix it so i suppose if like a guy like me if i was going to church with one of these lame vision statements right um i might be able to craft some ideas and even approach the pastor or approach somebody and be like hey what do you think of this like for some branding for social media or for the website or whatever and maybe from from maybe taking that sort of approach practical you know really putting you know maybe talk about communication and blah 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 i mean is that a possibility kind of pitch the idea not not say hey we need a vision but say hey i read the vision on the website what do you think of this to really capture capture the idea i mean would you think that would work i think it definitely would, would be helpful but i think i think too honestly i really feel like i think most leadership teams most pastors there's something brewing there and i think if you ask the question pastor what's god leading you to do you, you, you know, like you're almost challenging them to open up and to be bold. 
But I think, but I think too, to your point about like, you know, the complexity and ridiculousness of, of, of vision statements on websites. I was at a, um, a training seminar, so I couldn't be on that week that Sean was on. And one of the, um, the, the, the speaker, I wish I'd had, I wish I'd screen capped what he, what he, what he, what he did or, you know, um, uh, asked for a printout of his notes. He had two vision statements on the screen and both were pretty run of the mill. Like, you know, they were good. Okay. Good vision statements. They had good buzzwords and whatnot. One was from a church of like 60 people, mostly older and it was dying, but you wouldn't tell from the vision statement. The other one was from a ultra liberal, um, uh, pro gay or gay friendly or like, like like homosexual church like it was it was it was a super liberal and my generation incredibly conservative and you had no idea from their from their from their vision statement that this was a church primarily or focused on um, homosexuals but you have no no idea from, no idea from the vision statement and the point was vision statements are almost meaningless anymore. They tell you nothing about the church. One was from a church of all older people that was dying, and one was from a church of people that was that had embraced homosexuality and were and and had essentially uh, come to come to the quote unquote realization or just decided it's not, it's not a sin and we're going to embrace it. So to that point, vision statements are useless if they don't communicate something unique about your church or they can't be summarized in a simple format that can be then translated into practical steps. And and this is where this conversation becomes has has become incredibly uncomfortable for me. And I think it's partially because of Jeremy, even on the back channel, is that 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 we don't have that even at church mag. So while we're talking about churches need to do this and churches need to do that. Um, certainly, th- this is this is our own medicine right now as we speak. This is this is Church Mag's very own medicine because this is what we are also trying to do. Well, I, I would say this: I would say that we have an extremely strong foundation. We don't have fully define what the vision is going to be moving forward because the Church Mag today is not the Church Mag from a year and a half ago. I think if you look at it from the big context of things, we don't have the vision statement laid out. I think within the core aspect of church mag, we have it defined, but we're growing. And so that vision statement that we had a year and a half ago is not sufficient enough for where we're at today. And so we need to repair that. And so it, I think it's just constantly coming back to better defining that process. And so I get to be the the jerk that keeps saying, wait, what does that mean for us? I mean, how does that line up with everything? And yeah, but just like Phil pointed out, if you if you can if you can get that those coordinates locked in, then then making decisions becomes so much so much easier because you can then apply it to that ruler. Well, does that fit? Yes or no? And then that and then that that dictates whether or not you should be doing that. Agreed. That's kind of where like Rick Warren's purpose driven uh, church format was kind of nice. Is this does this thing tick uh, one of our purposes? Yes. How many? Well, just one. Okay, but this thing over here ticks three purposes, perhaps to better use of our time and resources, and get, get that kind of mindset. And I think as we get there, I get to ask why, 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 and it becomes annoying, but it's starting to flesh out that vision for us in our certain circumstance today. And I think that we're, I think we're going through that whole rebranding that we had talked about before. But we were at this point where if we don't have a vision statement, we're going to settle. And that's not something we want to do is settle. I think we we all want to grow 
in this process. It's not, if you listen to the startup podcast, um, which is a secular podcast, they swear all the time, just be careful. Um, but if you listen to the startup po- podcast, they say there's two aspects in starting a startup. There's the lifestyle where you just kind of coast, you're making an income, things are going okay, so you're good. And then there's getting through that and still flourishing and developing and growing and taking chances and risks. And I think that's where when you have a fully defined vision statement, you're going to continue to do without without even having to try too hard because you just have it all laid out there. And, and I would say, um, you know, if you're a pastor or in, in church leadership and you're listening to this, if you're feeling like, wow, I, I don't actually know exactly what our vision should be or where we're going, um, be, be humble enough to admit that. Because I know for a fact that there are lots of leaders out there, whether it be small business, ministry, pastors, whatever, they really know without a shadow of a doubt what the vision is and where they want to go, all right? But there's also just as many of us who um, maybe did it one time and maybe feel a little a little lost, or they're like me and they kind of inherited something and that was working for a while. They were in that coasting mode like you were talking about, um, Jeremy. And that's where I am now, you know? Well, I'm a little bit like, Ah, I kind of need to figure out where we're going. I was just walking, and then some. Jeremy's like, "Hey, Eric, where are we walking?" I, and I'm just like, I, "We're we're going this way." And he's like, "Well, why are we going this way?" And I'm like, "You're like Forrest Gump." I don't Gump. know. No, you're like Forrest Gump. Thank Scum. you. You're Thank just you. running, and everyone's following you. <laughs> Seriously. And then one day we're all afraid. One day Jeremy's like, "I want to go home now." <laughs> and all of a sudden, the rest of us are like, "Well, what do we oh all my do?" Gosh, the episode whereby Eric is Forrest Gump. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and Jeremy says all this about in the most loving way. Jer- Jeremy says all these demeaning things like, "Oh, I'm such a jerk," and all this stuff. Like, it's not. I keep telling him this is helpful, you know. And and uh, you know, uh, I, it's helpful. I think that I think the tough part about this with the vision statement and developing it, if you don't have one, is you're going to step on toes. Um, I know that Eric, you are very gracious and you constantly say I'm not doing anything wrong, but you are an abnormality. I, this is going to shock you guys, but I offend people on the daily. What? Maybe on the hour. What? And Phil, I wait, I'm reeling right now. (laughs) Guys, I'm on the floor. I can't get up. Hold on. I'm I'm so shocked. (laughs) <laughs> hold on hold on you're all a bunch of jerks <laughs> phil's daughter's like daddy why are you on the floor <laughs> just popped in like eight times now honey i'm still on the thing well i'm, I'm hungry i know this i knew it a minute ago you told me last time yeah <laughs> throw on top shelf she can't reach him oh man but you can because you are the world's tallest i'm sorry what were you, what were you going with this jeremy I don't even remember anymore. Oh Jeremy, you, you, were, you were offensive on the reg, man. Oh, yeah. Yes. So yeah. so the, the difficulty that comes with being offensive all the time is it gets a little frustrating. And so whenever it's an important relationship, you don't want to offend them because you see the fallout that happens with people that have difficulty with being offended. Um, especially right. when you think... A, Not tough skin. Yeah, right. Especially when you think a relationship's at a good point and then people take it personally in that process. And I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just talking about in general, when you develop a a church vision, it's going to get to that point where you're going to have to say no. And you have to say no a lot to yourself and to others. And so you're going to have to get comfortable with that within the church vision. If you want to flourish, 
if you want to just coast, just say you're a part of the Great Commission and kind of leave it at that. And that's fine. But for some people, they want more than that. Yep. Yeah, I think you can do. I th- I think that that uh, churches and ministries, you know, there there are there are plenty that can do better. There are plenty that are that are doing a great job, no no matter the size of ministry or church. And there's some that uh, I I think could could use a little help in that area. And um, I guess the first step is is recognizing you have a problem. What are, what are some what are some resources uh, that you guys might would recommend for for somebody who's trying to to dig into this a little bit? I think you know. If- if you've never had a vision in your church before, I think starting with like Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Church would be a good step. Or even just, you know, just the more communal route, we're just bringing your deacons or your elders, bringing your, your staff and say, guys, what are we doing here really? And then ask that question, talk about it for a little bit, and then, you know, commit to praying and fasting over the issue. I would, I, I have a hard time with this because my, answer is if you want to go all out with this if you really if you if you're not in the steps of what to do what could we do but you want to say let's do this and let's do this well i would almost suggest forming a committee that has a lot of outside people and try to do some surveys of what do people experience from us like what is our baseline um and then also do the same thing within the church which is actually something we did with the rebranding um, and, and what I've seen other churches do just on the general, I mean, even if you're not going to create a vision statement or rebrand or anything like that, just get a sense of what people see from you and then go from there. Because I think sometimes we, we wear rose colored goggles and we're stuck in the moments and, and we think we're doing everything great. And then it comes to light that we're so glad that you're a place for worship, but we would really love for you to do something else. What do you mean do something else? We have tons of things. So I think you can move beyond that too. That's a great point, Jim. Yeah, this is where this is where like the Google Forms and doing those surveys, which we've you you've covered on Church Mag in the past, Jeremy, um, come come in really handy because the being able to be anonymous is very important as well. Because if the pastor goes up to somebody from that that goes to the church to a parishioner and says, "What do you think of our church?" I mean, wh- what do you think is going to happen? I mean, just come on. What do you think is going to happen? It has to be, you have to. It has to be anonymous. It has to be so that the children's ministry director or the um, uh, the the, the, the the parents of a youth group member can go on there and really say what they think about the church or what they think the vision is of the church, et cetera, without having to worry about any kind, without worrying about hurting somebody's feelings. Right. I, I, exactly. I would say that there's a couple of things I would say yes. And then I would also say no. And the reason I would say no is because if you want to do a follow up with people, you need to know who they are. Um, and for some people you need to interview them and know what's going on at the same time. If someone says you're not doing a great job, they may be the perfect person to have on your team to constantly challenge you in a healthy way, not just for the sake of challenging, but they can be your pushback guy. They can be the person that constantly calls you out and feels okay with doing so, which can make for a very healthy process. Hey, uh, Adolfo, uh, real quick, there's, there's, there's a resource, um, a ministry resource we've used in the past that it can be helpful for this. It's called Natural Church Development, and uh, it's um, it, you. you uh, I think you might have to bring in a trainer or bring in somebody in, but it's a it's a nice resource you can use. 
to help um, do in-church surveys. They don't necessarily help the out-of-church, but I think you have to almost tackle the in-church first and figure out what the identity of your congregation is, what, what they expect, and then begin to look, look outside to figure out what the felt needs of your community are. That's why our pastor, before we started tackling the issues, he met with our mayor and talked to him a few times and figure out what are some felt needs in the community, what are some real needs in the community, and that kind of stuff. Hey, you know, um, I think a good way to wrap up um, today's podcast, this week's podcast, would be for people to send us a tweet of your church's vision statement. Use the hashtag CMAGCast. Um, hopefully it'll fit in a tweet. If you're, if the vision statement of your church or slogan of your church doesn't fit in a tweet, that might be something to think about. Um, but, uh, yeah, send it to us. Or if it's maybe a little too long to fit in a, in a, in a tweet, but it's still really awesome, you can send us an email. Um, podcast at Church Mag and of course as always if you have any questions or comments you can even send us an audio file at podcast at Church Mag so yeah I think that we outlined some this was a this was a good discussion I hope it's helpful to to those that are thinking about church vision or think that they might need to rethink about church vision I know this has been a helpful um, conversation uh, for me as as Church Mag is is trying to answer these same exact questions Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting churchm.ag. That's Church Mag, churchm.ag. That's where you'll find us. Until next week. Eric, you're allowed to have the boomstock glasses. You know, I don't want to assume, because sometimes you guys like, I, I think we're done with the podcast, and then 20 minutes later, then it's over. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Then I jump on my high horse and stop thinking. It's such a high horse.